Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to Maybe I Said Too Much, a slightly newish, cobbled together internet podcast. Uh, just doing our best to try to keep your attention through this fifth episode. My name is Mike Laffey, and I'll be your host and guide on this, whatever we're doing. Uh, I am joined, as always, by Izzy Swan and Joel Crawford. Gentlemen, it's good to see you. Also, uh, not to cut you off, but we are tonight filming in front of a live studio audience. Wait, we're in a studio? Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, nobody I mean, can you, tell. If that's what you want to say, I mean, we're good with that. Uh, yes. Go. Yes. Okay. So, uh, Izzy, um, we'll start with you. I, I, you know, I know Joel <laughs> has a flood like uh, Noah in his house at this point. So, you know, we'll, we'll get to him in a second. But just for some good news, uh, what you've been up to? How are things? Uh, things are pretty amazing. Um, I've been up in my, well, almost my old stomping grounds this last week playing at the Woodland Creek um, shop. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Woodland Creek Rustic Furniture, the owner, has been a friend of mine for almost two decades. And uh, he kind of said, um, if you want to come up and play, please come up and play. And I am all about playing. So I've been here having a blast. Uh, they've got a, just a great crew. Everybody's been really friendly and have been having a lot of fun playing with just things that you don't get access to most. You know, um, a lot of exotics, a lot of slabs that are, you know, bigger than a house and, you know, trees and that, you know, are are difficult to source redwoods things that are just you know have you actually out. made anything cool while you're there at this point with all this stuff, i i have cool stuff or i have um and you can't see it so <laughs> all right well the story without um, a story i'm working no that's not true i've got um i've got a, a system i'm working on now the video should be up hopefully tomorrow night um it's a new type of um expanding table concept so um something that will actually end up in production so I'm working on a prototype of that now and, you know, playing with all the different um, aspects of that. So I'll have a video out on that. We're working on some tiny house stuff in the background. And um, you will, I mean, eventually I'll be able to put some of the stuff I'm making out in the world for everybody mm -hmm. to see. But at this point, it's just, you know, it's mum's the word because it's, you know, going to get, it's got to go get to the photography studio and get photographed and then get put on the showroom floor. And at that point, I'll be able to share it. So gotcha. Then well, that's, uh. Well, that's awesome. I mean, you know, you gotta have uh, you gotta have fun when you're around the toys, right? So yeah, and it's just been amazing here. I mean, it is just you know he's done. He spent twenty years sourcing just some of the most phenomenal materials available. So gotcha. Now, is all that? Uh, I mean, is all the lumber and stuff that you have access to? Is that sort of all local up there, or is he bringing some nonsense? Oh no, new. No. I mean, uh, juniper's coming from Nevada and out west. Uh, some of the biggest juniper I've ever seen. Uh, redwood you know there's i think there's two people two two companies licensed in the u.s to take dead redwood and mill mm -hmm. it um and it's highly sought after so it's difficult to get on look fortunately rob got in on the beginning of it so he has a good source for that um buckeye burl uh, is getting more and more scarce he's still you know sourcing stuff like that and just some amazing burl wood some exotics overseas some walnut that i've never seen the like of in size mm -hmm. of you know as far as slab sizes I mean, there's, you know, there's slabs laying out there that are, you know, probably worth as much as a small house. Nice. It's, it's just incredible to see them. Yeah, see, I'd yeah. be terrified. I'd, I get I get nervous making the wrong cut in a piece of pallet wood, and I didn't pay for that. I can't imagine what you're doing when you sit down in front of that stuff. So Yeah, it's, it's insane. No, they're talking you. about They're talking about doing a um, uh, once, it's literally one slab, 68 inches wide, 23 feet long. Oh, God. So... 
yeah, that's those are things that are that shouldn't I shouldn't be allowed around. Yeah, so that that's just whiskey. a little too sexy for most. Yeah, so Joel, um, you have had a bit of fun this afternoon. So uh, why don't why don't we start with what you've been up to? <laughs> oh, I'm a little moist. Uh there's oh. there's really nothing good. <laughs> To, to come out I of just, any of my afternoons. I'm so glad so I took a drink of coffee right before you said that. <laughs> I just, I just gagged, and I have things in my nose. <laughs> well, I, you know, this show just excites me in ways that I shouldn't mention. <laughs> yes, I agree. Oh, no, my my water heater blew up. It's it's terrible. I had a, I went downstairs in the basement because my security system was getting all funky and i was going to disconnect the battery and reset it um which i've never had to do and then i walked down and i'm two inches deep in water in the basement so yeah so but luckily it was a slow leak and it kind of isolated itself and it apparently happened sometime yesterday today because we were down there fairly recently and uh and so tomorrow morning uh i live in villarick georgia if anybody would like to come over and help me install a water heater, I'll, uh, I'll be glad to buy you a beer at 10 a.m. <laughs> will, you, will you put some talc on yourself before you share the beer? So the, no, I will to continue to be moist. moist. <laughs> That's, <the laughs> That's right. No, we're going we're gonna to oh, roll with moist. Oh, that word normally doesn't bother me, but there's something about the context there that just kind of took me off guard. Well, Moist. well, I have been up to nothing, so I've been, it's actually not true, I did some vacation with the family, we went to Charleston, South Carolina recently, sat on the beach, um, drank beers, went to some barbecue joint down there that was amazing, and just kind of chilled out, so got back to center, if I sound a little bit, uh, everyone, if I sound a little more relaxed, yeah, I'm faking it, because uh, I did have to go back to work, but. So, but uh, tonight's episode, so we went into our little online community and group, and we asked for uh, questions. Hey, what do you guys want to, uh, you know, have us ask? What information can we provide you? You know, nothing's really sort of uh, off limits. Um, there are some of these that I think we can touch on a little bit that we'll probably want to turn into complete episodes, because I think that the the conversation is probably worthy of a longer uh, snippet of time, if you will. So, um, but I'll just kind of start at the beginning um, with, uh, I think the first person that responded was our boy, Phil Pinsky. Uh, shout out to uh, Reclaimed Audio. Uh, I think they... A fine podcast. I mean, you know, they're as good as podcasts get. So that's... Uh, which, you know, being, being someone who has a podcast, I mean, if they didn't have lutes, let's be honest. It would be much better. I mean, no. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so Phil, actually, and, and, you know, getting a deep question from Phil was a little bit weird because, you know, he's a funny guy. So this uh, took me a minute to process if he was serious about this. But uh, Phil Pinsky says, talk about courage. Uh, specifically, Ooh. the courage it took for Joel to go out on his own. The courage it took for Izzy to start putting himself out on YouTube. And then for me, I'm sure I have some courage. Um that I could talk about as well. So, um, I, I actually, that, I think it's a, it's a great question. So I'd love to start off with that one, but, uh, and we'll just kind of take it in the order he asked it, you know, uh, Izzy, do you think that 
putting yourself, first of all, that, you know, putting yourself out there on YouTube, do you think that that takes an amount of courage or is it more uh, just uh, yeah, not I paying think attention? It, <laughs> so yeah. what do you think I got? I think it depends a lot on, on, you know, how you approach YouTube, you know, and, and personality type as well as far as courage goes. You know, there are things that I have had to dig deep for. Uh, YouTube wasn't one of them. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't expecting anything from YouTube except for hopefully to make a few woodworker friends online. So any success that I enjoy, it's been mostly an accident um, on, on YouTube, a happy mm -hmm. accident. Um, but I think, well, I, it, it, you know, I'll, I'll challenge that to some extent, though, because it, it, when, you know, I think you lose, uh, it's easy to lose the scope of what you're doing. You know, I mean, we're, we're recording this live tonight and, uh, you know, we're on YouTube. And, I mean, there is a potential for millions of people to haphazardly stumble across whatever it is you're doing. So, I mean, you know, you're, you're putting yourself out there in a real way. And, you know, that, that does take a, a little bit of gumption to say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to step out, you know, and, and kind of especially for what you do, because when, you, you know, the stuff you first started doing is kind of off the wall and it's a little bit strange and, you know, it, it, it's, it's not what you would normally see from, you know, people who consider themselves, you know, uh, makers online, you know, so I think that there probably is some courage associated with, you know, doing it. You may not have consciously thought of that initially, um, you know, and that's probably the better question is did it, did it feel courageous or did it just feel like something you had to do? Uh, for me, it was just about sharing content and showing people things that they probably have not seen before, might not have seen before. Um, and it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't to show off. It wasn't to do anything except for to get uh, conversations going, you know, to have conversations with other woodworkers. Because where I was at, is there just wasn't much of that around or almost none, mm -hmm. you know. And then, um, you know, I've always had these off the wall ideas and concepts for things. And then I'm, a lot of. A lot of what I've done goes back, you know, five generations of, of tradesmen. So I'm sharing some of the stuff I share isn't new. It's just forgotten, mm -hmm. you know. Um, now, granted, I don't the, think anybody's... Are you, are you going to try and convince me that the Amish were making uh, dinosaurs out of Makita drills? Because... No. <laughs> no, but some of the tips, you know, some of the tips and tricks that I've done or the little hack, the tool hack video things that I've done are, are not, you know, some of them are my original ideas, but uh, I would say... 60%, 50% aren't, you know, it's just stuff that's been, it's been out there in the world. And, um, I'm just resharing re it, it mm -hmm. lost something that was lost and I don't see out there. So I share it. And that, that's, um, but as far as the courage, let's get back to that. You know, the, the, there are things that are, that take a lot of courage. Um, and I know for some people getting in front of a camera is, is difficult. And it was initially for me, I think, um, I don't know that I was afraid of the camera. I just didn't know how to act in front of it i didn't mm -hmm. realize that hey you know i'm just talk to it like i'm having a conversation with anybody else um in fact if you know we go back to that very first video i did it's up there for a reason i left it up because it stinks it's like the worst video on youtube period <laughs> you know it's a cell phone one camera angle the whole thing is about seven minutes of a very monotone um description of this jig i built mm -hmm. that's the whole video you know um and then you know i quickly realized that that wasn't going to fly and i needed to to add more, more of my personality into it instead of just this narrative of what was happening. So, uh, but as far as the courage side of it goes, I don't think I ever equated that to, um, to YouTube. I don't think mm -hmm. I ever said, Hey, this is, you know, this is takes courage or this is scary. It, it never was for me, at, at least not, not consciously. What about you, Joel? Do you think that, uh, 
I mean, would you describe anything of what you felt? I mean, is that as courageous to kind of, you know, you go from a sort of, you know, tech nine to five kind of job to, hey, I'm going to make, you know, things that hold knives and, and all this cool stuff online. I mean, is that, does that equate to courage for you or is it just how the rest of us see it? Yeah, I mean, it, it takes a little bit of Kona's to make those life changes. And, and that's one of the reasons why when we start talking about this podcast, um, I think there is an element of courage. But, you know, for me, much like Izzy, where he fell into his groove, um, I had a lot of dumb luck in, in the birth of the business. Um, but the rest of it, actually, no. I would tell you that it didn't take much courage to do the, start the business. It takes courage when you have bills due, that you have to pay them. It takes courage to know that you have to buy lumber for two months down the road. Um, you know, it takes it takes courage to hire the first guy that you hire, because now you're responsible for somebody else's livelihood. Um, that's a, like that's you should be crapping in your shorts a little bit when you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no reason why you shouldn't. Absolutely. Um, so. So yeah, so it's like like there are some aspects that you have to be courageous. There are some aspects that aren't aren't particular. Like you just keep walking forward. Like yeah, sure there are arrows flying at your head, you know, but you don't know any better. You just keep going forward, mm-hmm. and by the end of it, you're somewhere down the road. Um, and that's kind of how that's kind of how you know my business started, is stupid luck. So so it's probably you know. Uh, Courage retrospectively is probably a better way to, to think of it. Is it doesn't you just kind of step out there into the fray and then sort of in looking back, you kind of think, what the hell was I doing? <laughs> more than more than anything, is it's not it's not really a conscious decision to, hey, you know, I got to build up the balls to do this. But you know, uh, that reminds me. I think <coughs> I think that's what I think that's what a lot of us thought when we had kids, like you know, sure, making the kids is all sorts of fun and everything, and you're like, yeah, it would be great to have a family and all this stuff. And then you look back at, like, age five when maybe you're having some financial difficulties or whatever that is, and you go, oh, my God, these people are completely dependent on me. Like, there's, like, I can't make stupid, like, teenage decisions because I want to go do my thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. I have people depending on me now. That's courage and foresight. It, it's, you know, it's funny you say you that know. because the minute the you know when, it, when they hand you your child you know for the first time you don't have any there's no emotion you're supposed to feel you know I mean you get overwhelmed with love and stuff and you're crying and all this but uh, <laughs> when when my when they gave me my daughter my handed me my daughter for the very first time my the first thought I had was oh damn it like because I knew in that instant that I up until that point, I hadn't really had a reason I had to live. You know what I mean? So it wasn't, I mean, you know, I was never suicidal and, you know, but now there was a purpose to my being that I wasn't responsible for up until the second they went, Hey, it's a girl. You know? So it was just like, so it's funny to say it that way. I've had that thought out loud. (laughs) So like you, you, you start taking things off your list. Like, okay, well let's put off skydiving for a while. Let's put off, uh, you know, uh, maybe we should be a little bit nicer on the road, you know, uh, maybe not drive like a maniac. You know, there's things just keep getting knocked off that, that list and it's in, yeah, sure. It's, I guess a little courageous, but you don't know that until, you know, years later, 
things like that happen. So yeah, Phil, I think the uh, I, I think courage is is more of a retrospective idea. I don't think that the uh, you know the, the guy that wins the Purple Heart isn't thinking about winning the Purple Heart when he runs out there to save the guys. He's just you know after he does it, you know he does what the hell did I do? You know that's that's probably the best answer to that question. So, but that's a great question. So thank you for uh, thank you for providing that. Um, actually, one of the guys in our chat, Brian. Um, who needs a new handle because his is apparently terrible. Um, so he says the main thing I'm struggling with are the main job and the maker job are starting to get overwhelming with not enough time for both. Not sure what my question is on that one, but an issue nonetheless. So I told him when he posted that, that I think I understood the question pretty well. It's, it's you know, he's got sort of these two things that, um, you know, pulling at him at the same time. And which one is he, you know, there's only so much time you have in the day, right? So which one does he dedicate that time to? And if I'm wrong on that, Brian, I apologize, but uh, that's kind of the way I took it. I don't know if you guys maybe understand that question differently or if you think that's probably right, but. Um, I'm sorry, repeat the question one more time. He says there, the, the main thing he's struggling with are the main job and the maker job are starting to get overwhelming and he doesn't have enough time for both. So, right. No, he doesn't ask right. that in the form that, of a question, but I, that, that was sort of what I pulled out of it in the form of a question. I, I think that's a fair question. I think, I think that's a question even if you had just one of those and, and if you're trying to make you know two of them happen simultaneously, um, ask Izzy on his constant hunt on uh, trying to find more awake hours in the middle of the night, finishing up projects and things. Oh, yeah. Um, because he's got, you know, you've got 50 irons in the fire, right, Izzy? No, I've unloaded a few. So, um, but yeah, it's, you know, that's a tough question. You know, and I'm, I'm normally one of those guys that says, follow your passion, you know, hoorah, you know, but um, it depends upon a lot of, there's a lot of things that it, it, you have to kind of equate. You have family to support. Is your maker job making more than your day job? Is your day job got more security than your the potential for your maker job? I mean, look at all of those things. And, and um, if it's becoming too much, one of them has to give a little bit, mm-hmm. at least. And you know, yeah. uh, in this case, if you're if you're you know a breadwinner, go where the money is. So, um, unless you you know, if you really feel deep down, you know, that passion, and you feel like you know that what you're doing has a potential yield to outweigh the security of a day job, then um, that, you know, that's where research and and really understanding what, what the next step is comes into play. And, you know, uh, don't jump in, you don't, don't jump into a lake full of, or an ocean full of sharks without having a cage. So. Yeah. And he actually, uh, he, he happens to be in our chat here and he clarified a little bit that, uh, Mainly the main job pays the bills, but I'm banging my head against the wall. And I hadn't said his last name because his, his employer finds this. <laughs> so you're welcome, Brian. But um, so yeah, he says, my main job pays the bills, but I'm banging my head against the wall sitting behind a desk. Um, the maker job doesn't pay the bills. And actually, um, I think we spent a good bit of time on this in our first episode where we were kind of talking about, um, you know, doing the math, what, what kind of makes you, you know, go. I mean, for me, that the advice I always give on that is you got to look at it like a scale, you know, so you got the, you know, the bills and the responsibilities and sort of all that stuff on one side and then the maker stuff on the other side. And at some point, you know, the one that's, the one that's weighed down the most is kind of the one that you just got to pay the most attention to. Right. But 
um, if you can, if you can shift some of that weight from one side of the scale to the next, where you can dedicate more energy, or you can find a way to better market yourself, where you can then sell your products, where you can, you know, so that you can you can kind of move that scale, you know, and, and some of that scale you got to weigh, you know, the passion for wanting to do it too, you know, I mean that, that there's a happiness, you know, little little gram that you got to throw in the scale as well. So I think that you have to kind of find the happy medium between those. Um, you know, but I mean, that's just, you know, if you can move weight from one side of the scale to the next, uh, then, then do that. If you can't, then you got to dedicate the energy into the one that, you know, needs the most attention. So it's a, uh, it's a tough balance without, you know, all of us kind of digging into exactly what he does, I guess. But I mean, yeah, you, Izzy, I mean, you've got a, you've got a ton of that. I mean, you've, you know, that you've always been balancing that kind of act. I mean, your, your advice to him is probably going to be better than anybody's. You know, again, it comes down to knowing yourself, you know, know thyself. If you have the drive, the ambition and the personality to do the crap you don't want to do in order to be able to do what you're passionate about. Um, and, you know, you're not afraid of falling flat on your face and having to start over again, then go for it. You know, um, I know that's not, you know, that's not the pep talk people want to hear. But um, the reality of it is if you go into... <laughs> I just want to make sure we're being real here. The reality is mm -hmm. if you start, let's say, okay, I love making, I love what I'm doing here. And I want to turn this into a full-time gig. I'm going to give up my security blanket. Uh, just be prepared that your, your passion may end up, you may end up working more hours just to make an income with that than you did before you were, you know, before you quit your day job. Mm -hmm. So it may, it may become a lot more in depth than just the, you know, you may have spending more time on that than your day job and your maker job all be all combined to try and make a go of it. Uh, and that, that comes down to, you know, are, are you married? Do you have kids? Is your wife willing to support you through this? What's the financials on it? Do you know your demographic? Are, you know, I mean, there's don't, don't make decisions willy nilly. Know your audience, know or know your demographic, know yourself, know what you're capable of and what you're not capable of doing. And then make a decision based on that. That's the, that's the best, yeah, best I, I got for you. I, I don't think I can add anything other than um, knowing Brian because he's he's one of my friends. Um, he's got a real good drive and a real good passion of things, and and I think that you know if if he can commit to himself, you know, basically just sit down and say, "Fine, I'm working my 40 or 50 hours a week now. I don't mind if I work 80, 90 hours a week for the next time," and and you you are committed to that and understanding that when you work for yourself, when you're working for that project, when you're working for that maker life, um, then you just blew up your vacation time. You know, you blew up your 401k, you know, you're going to lose things for that, for that goal of fulfilling your passions. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's fine and that's okay. You just, you got to sit down and say, am I good enough? to really commit to this because it some people do this i mean i see people all the time you know, they'll open up a little storefront or something and it'll be a sewing shop or something something they're really passionate about and then you know six months down the line nine months year and a half they're like no my old employer called and i'm going to go back to them and i'm closing down the store well it's i you know it's not uncommon you know there's there are a lot of perks for working for a company mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff yes. you don't have to deal with. Well, and then, you know, you also have to, so. 
that question also, most people assume that, you know, your nine to five is something that you hate doing and you're just miserable doing it. And if you made that assumption about me, you'd be absolutely wrong. So, you know, it's like, uh, that's, there's a component of that, I think, that you kind of have to pay attention to as well. But, um, but yeah, I don't know uh, how much that helps, Brian, but uh, the, like I said, the, the first episode that we did of our podcast is almost entirely dedicated to that topic. And um, I don't want to brag, but I think we had some good advice and some good information on that one. So if you want to go back and hear the first episode, and uh, again, just apologize for the mouth breathing and the COPD that I was affected by at the time. So, but um, yeah, thanks for the question. Uh, the next question from Justin, uh, Justin Christensen. So <coughs> this one's two parts. <laughs> so uh, why is Joel so afraid to enter the scroll off? Is it because he's afraid of my manliness? So the, oh. there is a second part to the question, but I'll let you answer that one first, Joel. That probably won't take you that long. First, and I feel that uh, this is a little bit uh, like the current Senate hearings that are going on. I'd like to make my opening statement of, uh, uh, first of all, Justin, I, uh, I, uh, I find him to be funny, and I respect him for his guile, um, but he's a dick. And then... And, uh, <laughs> and then... Tell us how you really feel, Joel. <laughs> No, it's uh, now he's he's kind of our group heckler for whatever reason he's fallen into that, uh, and uh, and I don't mind. I, I you know call me out. I will be glad to put up my scroll sign skills to any blind person out there. I can beat them all. Yeah, see, I don't know why. I mean, if you spend the time to buy a laser and a CNC, why you would spend any amount of time behind a scroll saw? Oh yeah, I just, I just heard him say he can beat them all. Oh, no, no, blind people only. No, blind. Oh, maybe deaf too, but definitely blind. I was gonna say, don't make me dust off my scroll saw. Oh no, this this is completely this is completely self deprecating because uh, while I can do scroll saw projects, I choose to use um, some sort of uh, method that was uh, you know you know something out of you know the twenty first century instead of like the sixteenth century. and uh, advance myself, uh, Justin. Uh, you just need to uh, you, you need to come forward a little bit in time, and you need to you know pick up a book or two and read that there are other devices in this world, and uh, <laughs> and other things that you can apply your I, talent to. I have to. Does anybody feel like I have this, to say, this is becoming a troll show? <laughs> I, I have to say. Well, first of all, the second part of his question is hilarious. But um, listening to people challenge each other to a scroll off is it it, it it feels like I'm watching the Michael Jackson beat it video again, you know, right, right before they tie each other's hands together, except the weird Al Yankovic one where they're trying to hit each other with chicken wings and stuff. It's, it's the most tame I've ever seen anyone. You know, <laughs> so, I, I, I will say that I think Andy Berkey's doing it and Justin's doing it. There's, you know, guys, there's some really stiff competition out there. So mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd want to step into that arena. No, that's a that's a talent and a skill set that, uh, no, thank you. I for, I don't have the patience for it. First of all, I'd 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 burn my entire house to the ground before I tried doing that. But the uh, the second part of his question before we uh, what was the, what was the second part, uh, Chairman? Well, just you know before we <laughs> before we get any uh, more inflammatory <laughs> about Joel Justin and we have to we have to get attorneys involved. Um, 
So he says, also, if you were caged with a lion, do you think you could take on the lion, charm the lion, or be eaten? And who would last the longest against said lion? So now I have an answer to this question, and I'll just go ahead and throw well, it out. Well, take there. it. Yeah, I'll go ahead and throw it out there. Um, from a and, – and not – and I'm actually making this up as I go. This isn't something I thought of ahead of time. So, But I – I'm not sure I would take the lion or charm the lion, but I know that I would last the longest. And that's only because I always have a loincloth on under everything I wear. So, I, you know, as soon as you take that off, you go straight to kind of Tarzan uh, territory. So I, I'm pretty sure I would last the longest uh, in that event. I could be wrong. I, I'm happy to be wrong in this situation. Folks, so. folks we've just seen an intimate glimpse of... Mike Laffey's bedroom activities you're, every single night. You're welcome. I will save you the Tarzan roar, by the way. No one no one needs that haunting their dreams. Oh, um, dear God. So, and, well, and Justin asked another question later on that we're going to get to. I'll, uh, that one, I don't think it would be quite as inflammatory. But um, Can so. I mention that, that I would, in fact, last the longest? And it has nothing to do with actually fighting off. But just in sheer volume alone, the lion would have to eat me the longest. So I've I've got both of you beat in the weight class. They so they I'm, start at the butt. At though. least so yeah, they do start. Always the butt <laughs> stuff. I would I would definitely say I'd last the longest just because I'm a good snuggler and I'd snuggle him and make him feel good about himself. So well, it, I'll, I'll just get to right to his next question because uh, I have a definitive answer for this one as well that doesn't involve a loincloth but he was kind of joking around and he said uh, do you do you all believe i'm a better woodworker than andy berkey um are you all better woodworkers than andy berkey is there a hierarchy that actually exists blah 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 so um my answer to him knowing andy berkey is andy berkey is the best at everything that andy berkey does so if you want to challenge him that's fine just be happy to be number two because Andy is an artist living on this life in a way that is absolutely amazing to watch. So if you think you're going to beat him, you're wrong. He's going to beat you every time. So if anybody has anything they want to add to that, I, again, <laughs> I would say, I'm happy to be proven wrong. But I, would, I would say Andy, I think if, Andy's, my side. if Andy's watching, which I, I doubt he is, because if he was, he's probably throwing up in his mouth a little bit right Andy's now. Andy's old. He's probably in bed. So, he, probably, um, he sleeps better than you do as well. So Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. probably true. Um, but, uh, he goes, he gets up about the time I go to bed usually. Yeah. So, um, no, but he, I think Andy, Andy and I both have a, kind of a similar outlook on that. I, I don't think we want, we'd like to quantify our, our, our skill set. I mean, we're all woodworkers. We're all doing what we enjoy doing. And the difference between, um, Andy and somebody else's experience, it's not necessarily, you know, I mean, he's got talent for sure. And he's got an eye for things, but you know, the more experience you have, you also can learn those things. And um, the word to, to call somebody an artist, especially someone like Andy, who doesn't per, does not want to be called an artist. He doesn't want to be called a master. He's just um, this is kind of the same. Well, he can shut the hell up forever because I'm going to call him. That well, anyway. yeah, I mean, you know, so. he's great. <laughs> Andy is amazing at what he does. And, and, and I am not going to have you, Izzy, making this question no, serious. But so is so is Jesse. <laughs> if if you watch, if you guys watch, you know. Um, I, Jessa, she's also amazing at what she does, mm-hmm. you know, and she's on the, she's just learning. She's on the other end of the spectrum. So it's not, 
you know, how do you quantify? You know? Watching her turn that uh, the thing for Bill uh, on the YouTube thing was fun. <laughs> so just yeah. seeing the excitement of someone turning their first piece is awesome. Yeah. So you know, it, it's there's there's something there that's to be said for that. So. I, I try to, I want very much to get away from that stereotypical, this guy's a master carpenter or whatever. It, I don't, I don't, you know, Andy and I both agree oh, on that. We're not buying it. I didn't say that. I said he was better at life. Eddie's <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, good. Eddie's a good guy. And he does have a lot of things dialed in really well. You, sure. You've both uh, commented on how amazing Andy is and a number of things. And folks, you really should. If you don't know who Andy Berkey is, just, just Google his name. Some of his social media stuff is going to come up and you'll see some of the work he does. He has a, he has a uh, YouTube channel. That's fantastic. Especially if you have ADD because, uh, uh, you know, he does these short little clips of like, give me a minute where he talks about a specific problem, answer to that problem. And I want to say every one of them are like less than a minute or minute 15 or so. Um, but they're great. And so both of you have commented on that, but you know, that's a two part equation. You're, you're talking, uh, there's Justin and then there's Andy, <laughs> right? And so I'm going to answer the Justin part, right? Something tells because me this is getting pre- ready to go off the rails. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, because, I'm willing because to be along for the ride. <laughs> I, I, I may have spoken too hasty and called him a dick, but, um, but, but you know, it's, it's the truth of the matter is, uh, have, have you guys ever watched mall rats? Or uh, yes. chasing Amy, or any of those things. There's a there's a very funny scene where uh, a Brody, who actually this is in chasing Amy, where he's uh he gets he gets pissed off because there's a guy at his comic booth and uh, his buddy uh it does the illustrations and then he's the inker, he's the guy that puts the solid lines in, and uh, and there's a fan that comes up and says, oh, I love your comic, awesome. He's like, well, you know, I'm t- blah blah blah. And uh, I, I do the inking. He's like, so you trace? You trace lines? The guy's already drawn this stuff, and you trace these things? Right? So Justin's pretty much just a tracer. Like, he's got his one thing, and he just he prints out a picture, and he traces the lines. Yeah, I'm not saying... We're definitely going to need they're, they're, at this point. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying, like, there isn't a talent in that. But, you I know, love you, Justin. I think you're wonderful. <laughs> so he can fire shots back. Well, we're not going to talk down. We're not going to back down from a little, uh, little uh, shit talking our way down. Well, next, it's not our nature. Next question. So, <laughs> next so, question. So, well, actually, so this is a um, Elliot Kirkpatrick and Michael Lawning asked very similar questions. So I'll just kind of combine the two because I think, um, and, and thank you. Uh, for that question about the oh, lion, I'm sorry. Justin, I appreciate it. But uh, so, Justin, uh, I I love you. You're, you're great. Keep yeah. it a going. He, it's he you're too much fun for, for anybody. Just to show you. That's right. So, um, Elliot, uh, we'll start with him. Like I said, I'll, I'll read both of these at the same time because I think they both kind of do the same thing. But I want to make sure they both get credit for asking the question. So, um, Elliot asks for the three of you. I'd like to hear about how you stay motivated day to day. It's easy to maintain a certain level, but I feel like you guys are successful, at least in part because you push things further, get outside your comfort zone, and have a drive that makes you do, quote-unquote, more. Um, how do you foster that motivation in yourselves? So, Michael Lawning uh, also asks, I've been waiting for someone to do a podcast discussion on productivity. 
I'm super productive while I'm making, but looking for tips on being productive when I can't make. Checking email, social media while popping in, um, listening to relevant podcasts and things, blah, blah, blah. So he says, you know, how do you maximize time? So I, I think the two of those questions are really, so, you know, how do you find that motivation, stay motivated, and then kind of work up the, uh, you know, the, 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 the want when you don't want to. So, um, since both of you guys do this stuff for a living, uh, you know, I think that, you know, outside of, okay, the bills are calling and, and rents due, you know, what is it that you use? What, what, what specifically do you do for yourself when you just don't want to get out there and do that thing? You know, what do you do to push yourself to do it? Um, <laughs> yeah. So guys, thanks for the so, question. <laughs> right. So, so that's not an easy. This is actually one of those gets, things that I think needs to probably be its own podcast, just because I, I think that there is a lot of conversation that could be had around that. So, but. Yeah, I think I think there's a so it's easier to to make bold decisions, you know, when you're trying to make that like be that innovative thing that that when you're putting out stuff, it's easier when you're smaller and when when you're when you don't have a lot going on. And um because the decisions mean a little bit less. It's actually scarier now that we have more, you know, products, employees and things like that. For me to invest that kind of time, effort, and 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 boldness into getting that creative thing out there in the world, because it because it costs me money and time and effort, um, and it's it's actually something I struggle with, because I've got I don't know I've got about fifteen prototypes sitting on my desk, and any one of them are good. I just don't know which one's the best, and so I look at all fifteen of those and go, okay, maybe tomorrow I'll make that decision what we're going to launch with and make a thousand of or 200 of or 20 of. Um, and so that, that makes, that's a, that's actually a kind of a personal, personal glut of mine is that there are too many awesome things and where to focus that energy in. Um, and I know that's, you know, kind of first world problems, you know, but, but it is what it is. And when you're in manufacturing, you have to figure out, you know, what you want to focus on as an energy and I, Izzy, why don't you talk about productivity? Well, um, you know, if we go back to the last part of the question, talking about, you know, uh, emails and, and, um, a lot of the maintenance side of, of what we do, I'm not good at that. I, I never have been, uh, when it comes to getting out in the shop and, and pouring ideas out, that's where I, you know, that's where I'm really good. Uh, but when it comes to that, they, you know, I, I'm an ideas guy. I'm really good at that. I'm really good at one-offs, and when it comes to being the nuts and bolts guy who's actually tightening down the nuts, um, that's not something I'm, I'm, I'm really well equipped for. Uh, so I, I usually get help. Um, uh, at this point, I'm far enough along where I have a, a one, particular, one person in particular who's amazing and keeps me on task and goes through and quantifies a lot of the you know, important emails, what really needs to be answered, what doesn't. Um, so that that helps if you have a, a wife or a girlfriend who is patient with that kind of stuff that's always a huge benefit as far as getting getting two things but as far as the productivity stuff goes um you know i know where your strengths are and, and definitely you know lean on those strengths and, and, and um you know as far as the rest of it goes i'm not going to give you good advice because i just i don't 
Uh, long, <coughs> many, many, many eons ago, my father told me to learn what you're not good at and then hire someone else to do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that um, is fantastic advice. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of a, been a, a very serious motto of my life. If I know I can't do something well, I'm going to find somebody who can, and they're going to, I'm going to either pay them or talk them into doing it somehow. Well, it, yeah, so I, th I think that's, go ahead, Joe, go ahead. Or, Did or we no. lose him? <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. Um, no, productivity is tough because, because, uh, when, when you are doing, when you don't have a boss over top, you have to be the boss over top mm -hmm. and you have to be both people and you have to be able to, to run that, to run those things day in and day out. And Izzy's right. I can't do accounting. We have an accountant, you know, there's what I, I can't, my time is better spent on something else than it is crunching numbers that the tax people need. You know, it's just, I, I'm not good at it. It would take me five times longer and, uh, and I would get audited, uh, quickly. So, and, and then um, you'd be gone. and then I'd be gone. Um, so yeah, so there's, you know, productivity is sometimes assigning other people to do things, sometimes knowing what you can do, but more than anything, it's, it's, it's making a list at the beginning of the day and knocking out that list because those are the things you need to do to keep the lights on. And it gets serious. Yeah. I mean, it gets, I know, I, I know we get serious sometimes, but you know, when, when we have that, when you have that as a full-time job, um, it keeps it, the lights have to, that money has to be there. So that list has to be done. And, and see, and, and for me, you know, the, the thing with my, so the, this will probably be more uh, kind of technique, I guess, around uh, sort of the, the question they're asking. So when you're dealing in, you know, especially for, for Elliot and, you know, they're basically talking about procrastination, right? So how do I keep from putting things off? So one of the ways that I deal with that, um, because a lot of what I do is minutia throughout the day. So I have, there's just certain tasks I have to do. And, you know, from a making standpoint, I, I do that as a hobby. So I'm mostly driven to go out there and do it because it's fun and exciting. And there's, I have ideas in my head. I got to get them out type of thing. But for my day job, um, you know, I, I make a lot of phone calls throughout the day. I do all these things. And, and there's just sometimes when, okay, I know that I have to make a certain number of outbound phone calls every day. So I just schedule the time to do it. You know, so I, I'm going to go do this thing, you know, right now and, and just get started on it. And for two hours, I'm going to do this thing, you know, whatever that thing is. I'm just going to, I'm going to put it on the schedule. I'm going to put emails and, you know, anything that, that would otherwise distract me, just kind of put it to the side. Um, I am a, I am not a big fan of tomorrow. So for me, tomorrow is, if you can use tomorrow as an excuse, then Tomorrow is always enough time. You know what I mean? There's there's always enough time tomorrow to do the thing you could do today. So if you if you allow yourself to use tomorrow as an excuse to get going on things, you you're you're fine with putting it off until tomorrow because there's always another tomorrow and there's always enough time in the day for tomorrow, right? So for for me that is if I can, you know, people that want to diet, right? Like they hey, I want to lose a bunch of weight. I'll start tomorrow. So that gives them the excuse to do whatever they want today because they've committed to themselves they're going to start tomorrow. But no one ever starts tomorrow. You know what I mean? And productivity is the same way. If you 
make the commitment to yourself, you're going to start tomorrow, you're perfectly okay with throwing away today, right? So, and from a productivity standpoint, if it's something that has to be done, you just have to schedule the time to do it and don't allow yourself the excuse of, I'll get to it tomorrow because tomorrow you'll have another tomorrow. Like it's just a, and meanwhile, all the things that you have to do just keep building up, you know, so schedule time, make the commitment to yourself. I'm going to do this thing, you know, and, and do it when, when the, and don't let excuses get in the way of that. I mean, and what will end up happening is once you start doing it, you know, you get in a rhythm of wanting to do that thing more. So for me, like when I have to do phone calls and just sit down and make 80 outbound phone calls in a two hour window, that sucks. I mean, it's just maddening. But once you get that, you know, and the thought of doing it, like right now, I want to punch myself in the face and throw myself out the window. <coughs> once you sit down and actually start doing it, um, it, it just becomes a, the task that you're doing now. So continuing that task just is a lot easier. And I think from a, you know, if you're in a production job, I mean, if you're doing this from a making standpoint or, you know, whatever it is, if it's something outside of your normal nine to five, once you force yourself to do it, you'll want to keep doing it, you know, it, it, because now it's now not only is it just the task you've already started, it's something that you probably enjoy doing, you know, to some extent, if nothing else, to see a finished product come out of it. So I think that, uh, you know, push tomorrow away, get just get in there and get going. I mean, you know, they, they you know, that old adage is absolutely true. I mean, the, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step is taking that first step is always the hardest thing, you know, so it's. But once you get that first step, that you just keep going. You know, I mean, it's just the, the, the steps just kind of fall in line. So. One, once again, Laffy knocks it out of the park. Best advice we've heard this podcast so far. <laughs> Check you out. I, so, I, I agree. I, I Like I told, I told uh, Izzy, I try to get at least one bumper sticker quote in <laughs> every episode. Right so on. That's my, that's my, uh, my old adage. The toilet paper. Most people use words. I use phrases. So, you know, the, the phrase of the day. Nice. So, but um, I, I don't know. You guys have any uh, any other input on that? Since I just went on a four hour tangent all by myself. Nope. No, I th- I I think we've been productive about productivity. <laughs> I love that guy. He's just fantastic. <laughs> um, let's see here. Any, so yeah. So me? No, Joel. <laughs> Damn right I am. <laughs> Because I am a good-looking man. Yes. I know most people yes. struggle with, you know, humility and being humble, and I don't you have are. those problems. I've unfortunately, so, I've unfortunately that's what, got That's what my wife says. The what? About me? I, yeah, no, she <laughs> she wakes up every once in a while and says, you know, I, I was dreaming about Mike Laffey again. <laughs> and I said, baby, I'm I'm so sorry. You have my, my deepest condolences. <laughs> my condolences. Oh, yeah. Lord. Um, Right. So, uh, actually, uh, we have uh, Mr. Jim in the in the comments here. He's had a couple of good questions. Um, this one he just uh, asked to you specifically, Joel, kind of piggybacking on the last thing. Um, Joel, would it be better for someone like you with a shop already to throw the new prototypes out there a couple or a few at a time, like the knife block, and try to mimic that success? Um, so, yes and no. So, there's there's an interesting facet to to making things in volume um one-offs are great because you make the one thing it's it's either somebody's request or you have an idea and then you put it up on your etsy store you put it in a 
a consignment shop or something like that. Um, and that's great because because the the because that gives you a chance to to move on to projects. Um, my company at least is set up where we create a number of um, we create a number of single designs, and then we sell them all over the world. So there's the art of um, you know scale which is if I have one project and let's say I do it um, out of oak, I need to order in a certain amount of oak to hit, you know, kind of price points. And then I need to buy the shipping box for that item that would fit that item. Uh, and then I have to calculate those things. I also have to make enough of those items to fill an area. And then I have to add if I'm going to do any advertising about them. So at the end of the day, for me to launch a project product, it could be as cheap as $1,000. It could be as expensive as $10,000 to launch that product. And it's, it's, it's no different. And I know those sound big numbers, or maybe some people may not think they're big numbers, but it would be the same as if you're running an Etsy store. You know, A, you got to invest in the product that you made. Let's say it's a one-off. And then you have to pay Etsy maybe a little bit of money to, to put you at the top of the list. Um, that's part of the advertising budget and you still need to ship it. So you need to go around the liquor stores and find that right box for it or whatever. Um, or you need to buy some bubble wrap. Um, you know, there's, there's things, it's the same, it's the same scale. It's the same thing, just scaled differently. Um, so, so that's kind of the answer. So when I have a fear of, do I have a product or don't I, the fear is that initial investment to figure out those things. And yes, those they'll all hit the market at some point. But do I want to spend that money <coughs> yet on getting it or not? Yeah, well, and Izzy, you deal with that to some extent too. I mean, with you know the tools and sort of the other things that you kind of bring to market. That's there's got to be some of that in in your day to day thought process on everything you do, right? I mean, just like how do you bring a you know, whatever the new tool is you're working on, or you know the the new table designer. I mean, you. There's got to be some of that that you kind of relate to. A little. Um, I think it's a, it's a lot. It, it's unique what we do. We all we all three would do very different things. Although Joel and I are in some facet of the production industry. Um, with the tool stuff, uh, I, that's been a hard lesson. I mean, I'm new to this, so uh, I did you know did some stuff with fast cap where they were producing some ideas and then i went and did a couple on my own which cost a, a ridiculous amount of money and unfortunately didn't pay out the way i'd hoped them to so really cost a ridiculous amount of money in the end um and then recently i've been working with another company um to mitigate some of that cost uh, but again the profit margins aren't as as you know potentially beautiful um but it, it does take up some of that responsibility so uh you know I, whew, that's one of those questions it's one of those things where you have to really kind of uh, balance out what you're doing and uh, for me getting rid of some of the responsibility on the tool side of things was uh, important i needed to free up time um so that that was a step that i took but uh yeah you know getting out there in the world is a hard thing to do it's a hard, there's a yeah, lot of decisions, I mean, there's a lot of decisions to make, and um, uh, I, I use the hold my beer adage, sometimes you just have to, you know, um, close your eyes and 
you know, you've, you've done all the homework, you've done everything that you can think of, and you're still not 100% sure, so you just close your eyes, have somebody hold your beer, and take that step, you know. And um, Yeah, and it, and it really is. It, it, we were saying courage before. There's some courage to that. You know, there's huge. There is a, you know, you have to, you have to commit to something. There's no, um, you know, there's no free idea. The world's too competitive. You know, everybody wants to be nice and everything, but at the end of the day, you're trying to feed your kids. You know, you're trying to, you're trying to keep the lights on. You're trying to get those things done. Well, <coughs> there's limited resources, and there's there's no way that all of us get the big fancy boats. There's no way that we get everything we ever dreamed of. Um, a select few will, but the rest of us fight for what we get. And so you have to really put your foot out there with some sort of danger. There always is a danger. Because if you're going to do something, you're going to do it something that somebody else isn't doing, or you're going to do it better, or you're going to compete in that market where somebody else is doing And in order to do that, you have to put one foot forward. And you have to say, okay, this is worth X dollars. This is worth X time. This is worth X, you know, maybe I'm going to have to sell my stamp collection. Or maybe I'm going to have to borrow money from the folks. Or maybe I'm going to have to dip in my retirement if the, if the idea is worth, um, worth pursuing. And there, there is no idea that's worth pursuing that isn't worth pursuing. So you, you have to do it in order for you to figure out whether it's worth pursuing or the rest of us to figure mm -hmm. out if it's worth pursuing, mm -hmm. more importantly, you know. Yeah, I, you, you're hitting on some really, some really important things here. You know, sometimes you just have to, and I would like to add this, a lot of times the risk is equated to the payoff. If you know the height. So a lot of times if you're taking, uh, for instance, this gentleman that owns Woodland Creek Rustic Furniture, he started 20 years ago in a small garage or a small, you know, shop. And he wrote a business plan that was insane. I, I would have never done it. You know, I mean, he, this was literally hold my beer business plan. And if he, you know, he got the money, he got the resources, but if it failed, it would have taken him 20 years to recover from it. But the payoff was huge. I mean, he, mm -hmm. he hit it right, you know, and he's done that several times over. So it's, you know, a lot of times it's the hold my beer risk that uh, pays off the best. Um, so yeah, there's, this is, this is going to be a hard question for you guys to answer. It's, unfair to ask it but i also feel like i need to ask is once you have an idea that something's not going to work like what does that look like you know when you, I mean, so you've you know you're, you're hip deep into um whatever and you're just not seeing the returns i mean at what point do you decide hey let's cut bait on this or let's you know what what's the the impetus to say hey i'm just not doing this anymore you know it's is it is it just become a money pit or do you lose passion for it or is it all of the above both um I'd like to take this question because I have a lot of experience with failure, a lot. Um, so did Michael Jordan. So you're yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, um, you know, I've had I've had some successes too, but it's come with the cost of failing a lot. And a lot of times for me, it was you know I put all this effort and time and money into something, and you don't want to see it fail. You really don't. Um, but when you realize that there is no, it doesn't take long. Uh, typically, it doesn't take long to realize that it's just going to be a money sink. You're going to be dumping more time, more money into it. It's time to cut bait, you know. And the second you have that inkling, mm -hmm. you really need to start looking at it hard because if you're feeling that, that means there's a reason for it. So if you look at look at it hard, and if it's not going to work, 
no matter what you've done. If you put that out there in front of your family, you put it out in front of your friends, you put out in front of a 250,000, you know, subscriber audience, and it's just something that doesn't work, cut it. You know, there's there's no shame in failing. There's there's shame in, I think there's, for me anyway, at this point in my life, there's shame in not trying. But if you don't, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's just one idea that doesn't work. There's a thousand more out there. So don't ever be afraid to not, I mean, you know, I always look back to that cartoon. I remember, God, it was 25, 30 years ago. There's this guy leaning up against the wall, and he's like this solid brick leaning against the wall, and it says, paralyzed by the fear of failure. Don't be the brick. Don't be that guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying go, you know, to back to the hold my beer. I'm not saying, you know, hand your beer up to somebody and jump off the cliff. Know what you're doing. Know, know what you're doing next, but don't don't be afraid to fail. And failing isn't that big of a deal. It, sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it takes a year or two to recover from. Sometimes more. Um, and but you'll recover from it. You know, as long my as father used to tell me you, that. You can, go ahead, Joel. You, I was gonna say, Izzy, you convinced me not to uh, or to scrap scrap the Betamax that I have. I just I just don't see anything coming to that. I think, of that format. The, I think the Betamax <laughs> rental store that we talked about um, before the podcast was, uh, oh, you know, I, you should probably still sink some money into that. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I'm. I think the Blockbuster I, I, trademark I, I, is probably available. You could probably pick that up pretty cheap yeah. these days. Actually, so, uh, right. there is a Blockbuster right. still open here in Kalkaska, Michigan. I just drove. You by said that last day. time. I'm, That's I'm not kidding you. I was like, "What? Are you kidding me?" Um, they, uh, you need to take a photo well, you, of that. I, would, I don't know. VHS and beta might be a thing coming back. It's going to be like vinyl records, you know? You'd I'm hope so. That... Retro, it, baby. Let, let me tell you something. If I see somebody with a VHS player and they're like, uh, this just sounds better, like like people do with vinyl, I'm going to punch them in the mouth until my hand stops working. I like the grady look on the screen. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I, I, that's too much. Yeah, my um, well, and, and one thing just to to you know the the my father told me when he started a business because he and I had talked about me doing a couple of different things and he told me that uh, the first failure is the hardest because there's you know you gotta you gotta overcome the pride of not wanting to fail but after you've after you failed that first time you realize you can recover from it then it just you know it becomes a lot easier to cut bait the next time you know so because he's mm-hmm. my old man's been a successful businessman for. 40 plus years now, probably longer actually, because I'm getting to be old. So you know, he's been, he's been self-employed his entire life and he's always had food on the table, you know? So, and that was the thing he always said is it's that, that first failure is the, you know, choking that one down is a real bitch. But you know, after you don't want to get used to failure, but you don't want to be afraid of it. You know, you yeah. just want to be able to, uh, you know, like you say, you, you've got a lot of experience with that. I actually think that that's, that's probably more beneficial than someone who's never failed, you know, because they just, they're never going to get past the pride of that. You know, like it's just, it hurts too much to say, Hey, I screwed up. You know, that's admitting that's, that's real hard to do. So. No, I mean, if it helps, I've, I've tried two business ventures since I started this, since I started YouTube in the last three and a half, um, out of the seven that I've started two have just fell, fallen flat on their faces. I mean, just did. That's just part of it. You know, a couple of them are slow movers. One, a couple that were successes. That's just part, you know, that's just part of it. Don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be ashamed to fail. It's not, there's nothing to be afraid of. You know what? Be ashamed that you didn't try. That's what you should be ashamed of or afraid of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's, there's no, um, ever, if you're good, you're going to fail. You know, if, if you're, but 
but the difference is that you get it back on the horse. And as you get better at failing, then you understand how to mitigate your your losses. You know, you don't not necessarily all the eggs in one basket um, until you know it's like a sure thing. Yeah. Um, well, but, and back to know, my bumper stickers, the uh, you know fail failing doesn't make you a failure. You know, it's like like I said, you know, right. with Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. <laughs> Yeah, you know, right let, let that set in for a minute. You know, I mean, that, <laughs> so imagine the coach that, that pulled that one off. But I mean, you know, he went on to be the arguably one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Sure. Um, so yeah, fail, failing doesn't make you a failure. I mean, that's a lot of people have a real hard time wrapping their head around that. But um, I have. Let me just uh, make sure. I want to make sure we don't skip anybody's question here, real quick. But uh, Mr. Rob, Rob How Ho, I never going to say his name right. Um, Awesome, awesome carvings. If you get a chance to see his stuff, by the way, it's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. But uh, he asked for all the guys and gals new to all of this who are listening and eager to achieve greatness. What advice or recommendations would you guys give them? So, uh, um, basically, how do you how do you get started being awesome? Which he he clearly considers at least you two to be a authorities on the matter. No, I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> well, talking I about you, Mike. Oh God, no! Yeah, yeah, he's talking about you. Um, but I'll answer for you. So, uh, in Izzy, t tell me if I'm full of are crap. You, are or you not. are you googling bumper sticker answers right now? I, I I am. I think it takes I think it takes little things over a period of time. I don't think it's very hard to come out of the gate like with the spotlight on you. I think you have to make good, consistent things, whatever your field is you know, good, consistent, uh, advances, little things that, that move you forward with Izzy. It was, you know, making a video and then making the next video a little better. And then on the third video, changing up the content a little bit and then making it a little better. And with us, it's, you know, even our products follow that same thing where they become more awesome because we get better at making them. It takes us less time, but the fit and finish is good or better, which means we can serve more people. And it's, I, th I think it's a whole giant leap of small steps that makes you great. I don't think Steve Jobs would be, you know, he took small steps. They were assembling computers in, in his garage, his parents' garage. Mm. You know, they didn't, they didn't blow up the world with a, with a, hundred billion dollar investment no. you know they they just they did their one thing and they did it really well mm -hmm. and then they did the next one thing and they did it even better and gm any of those companies that you see that are huge even small companies that that you just see now starting off like um you know good burger joints or good restaurant concepts or whatever that is they just one at a time they just do that task well. And somebody will appreciate that, and that'll move you to the next level. Hmm. I would... Um, uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, if you had something to say, please say it. No, no, I was just looking through the rest of the questions. Oh. I'm reading. Uh, I, so I don't, please. you know, I, the question was worded interestingly. I, I first of all, don't, don't think I'm awesome. Um, I make mistakes all the time. People that know me know how flawed I am, and it... My flaws are 
there's a long list. Um, but I do enjoy what I do. I love to share. I love this community. And I think if you're passionate about that, you're passionate about what you're doing and what, you know, the people that you're involved with, then by all means, do the best you can, you know. And if you're doing the best you can, I think in my book, that makes you awesome at some, in, in some level. So, you know, and just work your butt off. Mm-hmm. That's so, that's so much of a better answer, Izzy. I wasn't, it wasn't, you know, I'm just, I'm a little, I'm a, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I just, we're all people, every one of us, um, we're all doing the best we can and, you know, do what, do whatever, you know, do what your heart tells you to do and have fun doing it. And, um, you know, by all means, the community that you're involved in will, will definitely enjoy it. And uh, hopefully you'll experience growth and, you know, YouTube, you know, especially YouTube is not a, even with really good content and great videos is not a sure thing. It's just, you know, uh, it's just a luck of the draw, I guess. And, you know, a lot of it, if you planned well, then hopefully that helps some. But. Well, and the only thing, you know, I push back a little bit when you say I'm not awesome because you have to have a, I'm all about being humble and even self-deprecating, even though you never hear me do that. <laughs> but... <laughs> But um, stop laughing, Joel. It's not that <laughs> Here's Mike's new bumper sticker. I'm awesome at being humble. Yes, exactly right. The uh, That's got to be our T-shirt. Absolutely. <laughs> has to be right. But yeah, I mean, it, the thing is, you know, there are no perfect people, right? And you can't, if the expectation is you have to be perfect to be awesome, well, I can help you with that. You know, so it's... Uh, if you have a list of flaws a mile long, that doesn't mean that you can't be excellent at whatever. You know, I mean, Steve Jobs, if you read any of the books about that guy, he, he's one of the most disgusting human beings. You know, I mean, he treated his kids like shit. He treated his employees like shit. I mean, he just, he, he could have been worse to most of the people in his life, you know, but he's one of the greatest innovators of probably ever. I mean, the guy, I mean, he, he thought of concepts 30 years ago that, you can't believe are real today, you know? So, but, he, but a terrible person. I mean, you know, he's just, uh, from a personal standpoint, you, you wouldn't want to be around the guy for more than five minutes. So I don't, I don't like the idea that, you know, you, if you have flaws, you can't be spectacular because I just don't think that's the case, you know? So I don't, um, for you, Izzy, I think you are awesome. So you can shut your freaking mouth. I, what do you think of that? So it's, I mean, you know, just, Seeing you, seeing you, I actually, I think I posted this as a comment once and, and before you knew me, you said something funny about it and I don't remember exactly, but um, seeing you in your shop, like play with toys, it's it's like watching a really big kid who's got money and, and access to things that can hurt you, you know, and it's just so, and in watching that, I don't care if you can't make deadlines or you have a hard time using a computer or any of that, I mean, none of that stuff really matters, you know, you're, you're, if your edits are aren't the most crisp and, you know, it takes you a long time to edit videos. If all that's the case, I still enjoy the shit out of what you do, you know? So it's like, and, and so, yeah, I think you can be awesome without, you know, and still have baggage. And, and honestly, if you expect to be awesome without baggage, you're just going to, I mean, you're never going to get there. So I, you know, don't be afraid of that. The flaws are what make, it's like rustic furniture. I mean, you, you relate to that, you make it, you know, the, the, the wormholes and the, you know, the, the dent up sides and the peeling paint, that's that's where the character comes from. And, you know, we're not any different than that. And, you know, don't be a jerk about it, but don't be afraid to flaunt, you know, the, the stuff you do well and or try to hide the things you don't. I mean, that's that's not okay either. So, but... Um, I love that, you too, the only, Mike. 
I always try to move on quickly after I do because I get I, I'll cry. I'm a very very humble man. Um, <laughs> very humble. I'm excellent at being. I'm awesome I, at being. I'm humble. huge at being humble. <laughs> the um, huge at being humble. The uh, Matthew asked a question that um, we. The first couple of episodes were sort of like this, and I just want to kind of give him credit for asking the question, even though we're not going to have anywhere near the amount of time needed to kind of get into this. But he, he said, I did really did like the episode about starting a business. Any expansion on starting up and making business, marketing, et cetera, would be awesome. Um, the first two or three podcasts we did, and I think I told him it, this was right before number three came out, but our third episode is almost entirely on branding and marketing. Um, and I thought there was some pretty good information in there. Uh, and then the episode on making a business, I think it was our first or second one. I don't remember exactly what, but um, there's about two hours worth of content on that. That is, and probably not anywhere near enough really, because it's, um, I think you need a lot more energy put into that topic. So, um, but yeah, I just we're, wanted. I, I think we're going to roll through some of these topics, uh, you know, and we'll hit on them again. Yeah. And we might be able, because, because to be fair, and like Izzy, you've said, and Mike, if we if we took three hours and hit a topic as a scholar on that, everybody would be asleep and nobody would care. But we're going to talk about these things. We're going to have some mm-hmm. fun with them. We're gonna you're going to have to keep listening because it's going to be 51 percent, you know, uh, fart jokes and 49 percent really good information. I think and... that you've got your percentages way off on that. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I was, I was trying to be optimistic. Yeah, that's... Uh, 90% uh, you, butt stuff, 10% usable information. Exactly. I mean, what are we talking yeah. about? So, yeah, um, I, I think so. Well, and the, and the final thing uh, for questions from the group, Mackenzie. Uh, I mean, I never tire about hearing about Tony. So uh, maybe more of that. <laughs> Tony who? Yes. Um, yes, Tony. Uh, we'll talk about him. Uh, we might do an episode called Tony. We should. So, I think we absolutely should, and we will all give him encouragement to get his own thing rocking and rolling. That would be a yeah. Good thing. We maybe, he's got a. He, we'll interview him really one day the, or the, something. The, yeah, that would be fun because because he's at the birth mm-hmm. of something. I think you know at the, at the very beginning of it, and that's that's nobody ever. You know, Izzy, you've talked with him. Mike, you've talked with him. You've seen what he does in the in the. If there's anybody you want to glom onto at the beginning, like like I feel like that guy that should be like, he's a star, man. He's a star. He's going places, you know, on the phone shouting at somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's a uh, um, plus. He's kind of cute. I don't know. Kinda. Something How about dare him. you? Speaking you of be embarrassed. Speaking of cute, I think this is a good time for me to jump in. I would like to talk about a couple of. Uh, cute people I met this week. Um, I met uh, Jenny Bowers and, and her husband, who's a clockmaker here in Traverse City. And you want to talk about talent. Between these two, I've never seen a couple so talented. Just absolutely incredible. And I wanted to make sure that I mentioned them on this podcast and that if you are an Insta- Instagrammer, uh, check out uh, uh, Jay Bowers. Um, uh, Jenny, she does amazing engraving. And her husband, um, I want to say it's Bauer Clocks. Um just absolutely incredible guys you know that's right along the lines of what you know tony's just does amazing metal work in fact uh, jenny's got one of tony's planes right now and is engraving it for me which i'm super excited oh, about so 
you know, and that goes back a, that goes back in, to the community there's amazing there's just so many amazing scary talented people out there in this world you know when we have a chance to come across them and, and get to know them a little bit it's it's such a what a rare treat and pleasure i mean it's like you know getting to visit niagara falls only better so can you put a camera over their shoulder and and um and do, will you have interactions with them in the future i'm assuming i'm I, they've invited me over for a dinner which I will, which I will take them up on because traveling, uh, you don't get a lot of homemade cook or home cooked meals. So I'm excited about that. I don't know where that's going to go. Probably some photos and stuff, but no video. Okay. Um, I also I didn't know if you had the. Yeah. You know, uh, one more housekeeping thing too, and I don't know if you guys have heard about it. It's Maker Central. Um, something very interesting is happening across uh, the pond, and if anyone's interested, check it out. It's makercentral.co.uk. There's a a good portion of um, you know people that are interested in um, uh, going there. I'll, I'll be one that'll be going overseas for that show next year. It's a, a woodworking show of sorts, so definitely go check that out if you guys get a chance. Those are my two housekeeping I'm things for this. Very this podcast. excited by that. So, hmm. yeah. well, thank you for sharing that. We'll uh, I'll try to get the links in the description for those things. So. Um, Although I know you'll forget to send them to me and I'll forget to get them. So if they're not in there when you get this, when this goes up, I apologize. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, well, it, it, that's pretty much all the questions. I'd want to just take a minute and just say thank you to everybody who uh, took the time to contribute. Everybody who took the time to sit here and watch. I think there's 20 people or something. So, it's <laughs> so uh, exponential increase in a number of our viewers. So, uh, yeah, definitely thank you to everybody who took the time to write questions. Very good, um, interesting ideas, interesting thoughts. Uh, we really appreciate the feedback um, and the, you know, the, the questions that kind of chew out. Like I said, some of these will probably do a little bit more long form, uh, give them sort of their own framing. Uh, and, and also, you know, the um, sort of the, the, the base content of the show sort of as we go on will kind of change up a little bit too. So uh, it, we're not going to be entirely making and maker focused um, or even business focused kind of moving forward. I think that the opportunity for some interesting and deep conversations sort of outside of those realms is, is more than possible with our little group here, especially with, you know, sort of the feedback we get from others. So I think that, um, you know, we, we definitely appreciate you guys taking that time uh, and, you know, just giving us the ideas and sort of the, the, the thoughts to kind of spitball with tonight. So we definitely appreciate that. Um, I'm I'm amazed every time uh, that we actually have people, you know, listening to our podcast yeah. and interacting with us, and and some have even uh, stopped to tell us that we've done done a good job, and uh, there's only been a few death threats, which is great. I think that's fair. Uh, that's because you else. two are awesome. That's that's just yeah, but all those death threats were from Justin. So oh, no, right. that doesn't count. And, and, and something tells me <laughs> moving true. forward, they're not going to cease. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, thanks for, uh, guys uh, for all of you guys that have been listening uh, right along. We, we really appreciate it. We hope that, uh, you know, this will continue to grow. So we're not just shouting into an empty hallway, obviously, but um, it's a, it's an honor to be able to talk to these guys and share information. Uh, Cause you know, like they're they're I've said this before, they're both very successful at what they do and their insights into, just things in life in general for me has been very interesting. So I, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to have a chance to talk to them and I hope you guys appreciate the opportunity to listen. So, um, 
Let's see here. And everybody in the chat, thank you very much. Uh, sorry we didn't get a chance to kind of interact with the questions. Uh, just a lot of content to cover from what was originally asked. Um, that was but, Mike's fault. He said if he heard typing on keyboards, he was going to kill us. Just saying. Yeah, it would, it would get weird. We'll just say we're, we're trying to drown out the noise problems that we have. But um, Izzy, uh, please let everyone know where they can find you and how to get in touch with you should they desire. Uh, everything Izzy can be found at IzzySwan.com. Yeah, it can. You gorgeous man, you. Look at you. Smile again for me. One time. Oh, so cute. Joel, uh, Mr. Moist. <laughs> oh, God. oh, dear Lord. It's, oh, I had to do it again. It, it, moist.com. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, uh, you can find my interesting adventures at uh, MD Woodshop. Um, on Instagram, uh, or you can always see some of our products at Missing Digit Woodshop. Um, but I would be more interested uh, seeing you on some of our social media for the podcast at uh, Maybe Podcast uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. And Facebook. You'll find us. Yep, absolutely. And you can, uh, you know what I would like? I would like to see somebody uh, start uh, posting interesting and obscene memes. Uh, our directions uh, because nice. you know that's just gonna you know make some fun stuff yeah and I, so, I, I uh, think retweet, that should be a rule it should be fun you know nothing serious please but make it fun yeah I, I mean yeah, absolutely if you haven't I mean five episodes in if you haven't realized that we're not here to make it serious <laughs> your your ability to pay attention may need some fine-tuning <laughs> so um, yes yeah, so and as always for myself I have nothing to promote uh, I I don't do this for a living. I just, uh, you can find me. Um, I'm on the web at maybe I've said too much.com. Um, the website, you can find links to everything there. Uh, podcasts you can actually listen to on the website. Um, Izzy and the guys, they spend a lot of money to make sure that we have a good site with a lot of bandwidth and can hold a lot of things. So everything you want to do, you can interact there. Um, we did just put the, uh, links through Google play so you can, all of our Android fans, you can subscribe to us there. It's been on iTunes since the beginning. SoundCloud. Uh, what do you say, Joel? Stitcher? Stitcher. Uh, and Whatever all you kids are into, you, you should be able to find us. If you can't, then just yeah. uh, get you know hit us up on the website or go through uh, Facebook. We respond to messages there pretty pretty quickly. So, uh, again, thank By you, everybody. By the way, Brian, go ahead. we do have a hashtag. He was asking if there's a hashtag that we, we run through our stuff, and it's it's surprisingly uh, hashtag maybe podcast. So, yes, there not, you go. Oh, I didn't so know said, we had uh, a hashtag. He, We're fans. We Brian, do have a hashtag. Yes, Ooh. Brian said uh, hashtag def said too much. So definitely said too much. <laughs> Why can't you come up with such a cool handle handle for yourself? <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh boy! Oh, oh yeah. wow! There we go. All right. There I Long, long goodbye sucks. Let's say goodbye, guys. Thanks, everybody, and uh, and, and I get—I mean, we got to go out on the word moist. Are you thinking that? Moist it is. <laughs> hey, Joel, I thought of a new uh, bumper sticker party. Missing moist digits. Oh, jeez. Oh. Someone good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>